0: Hello, and welcome to the Laverne Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. You can find us at 244 Old Nashville Highway, Laverne, Tennessee, 37086. We hope that anytime you are in the area, you will stop by and join us for worship. Our Sunday morning worship is at 9 a.m., with Bible classes following. Our Sunday evening worship is at 6 p.m., and we also have a Bible study on Wednesday at 7 p.m
1: that should not be the first line um, good to see you all tonight glad you're, be, you're, you're here with us this evening we are continuing our summer series and uh, we have with us tonight a, a wonderful guest speaker a fellow that I have known since I think about uh, 2002 uh, so it's been more than 20 years um, I, he, he is a down to earth fellow and he really uh, just when he's among the people in the church, he is uh, absolutely just tries to be humble, no pretension, uh, really, really does uh, just want to be uh, a minister to people and a servant to people. Uh, I had a picture that's supposed to be previous to the presentation, and I don't know what happened to it because it was there this afternoon. Uh, so, but anyway, I found a picture of him at home in the study that I'll have to share with you another time just to let you know. You know, he really does like to feel special sometime in life, and so when he's at home in the study working on his messages, uh, he he, uh, is a little less down to earth. Anyway, uh, the lack of the picture ruined my joke and (laughs) ruined my night, and uh, so anyway, all of that will get out of the way. Uh, Probably better anyway, but that's that. Okay, uh, Jason Allison is our speaker tonight, and I'm so excited that he's here. It's been years since I've had him here, and I don't know why, but I'm glad he's here now. And uh, just have always appreciated him every time I've heard him speak. He really does speak from the word and from the heart and connects with people, and I appreciate that. I'll say something about his parents, Terry and Pat. Uh, I went to work with the Aaron Church of Christ in 2002 and 2003, and his dad, Terry Allison, was the first elder I ever had in my life that actually shepherded my soul. And that's saying something and I will never forget that and I've always appreciated that I really learned from him frankly what a shepherd was supposed to be in the local church and so I've appreciated him ever since you can tell him I said that if you want and of course Pat is a absolutely wonderful lady and they're both very witty and uh, emotionally abusive and uh, Jason is uh, gonna be an example of proof of that I'm kidding about I'm kidding but uh, Anyway, enough of that. Uh, Jason is the preaching minister with the Pegram Church of Christ, uh, where he has served in multiple ministry capacities, including youth and family and worship uh, ministry for over 29 years. He and his wife, Amy, uh, who has worked both as a social worker and RN, have five children, two college graduates, two in college, and a high school senior, so the empty nest is in sight. Yes, praise the Lord. Jason attended both Fried Hardeman and Lipscomb Universities with a degree in family relations and a Bible minor. He's going to talk about putting Jesus first in the church tonight, so Jason, Jason come talk to us. So yeah, my thought was I gave Joshua
0: some things to say that was none of those things I was hoping he was gonna get to them at some point and I'm sorry about your picture I promise I didn't sabotage that in any way. I didn't I, I behaved but um, I am honored to be here uh, with you. Uh, it is such a such a joy to have opportunities like this and I know how much you appreciate Joshua and Keisha and I actually uh, uh, watched a little bit of the service from this morning to understand that I believe they celebrated last week a 10-year anniversary. Uh, had I known that I looked it up, the gift for 10-year anniversary is tin or aluminum, and I would have brought you some siding or something uh, had I known. But uh, but uh, I know we, we share a love for God's people and for the work of the local church. And, and certainly in the time that they were in Erin, folks still talk about them in such a special way and so mom and dad of course I saw them today at a family birthday party and they said to tell you guys hey and we uh, one thing Josh and I have in common I was reminded of by my mother is we have a common viewer of our sermons Miss Mary Lou Dobbins Uh, if you've seen her comments on anything she'll show up on the Pegram uh, uh, Facebook page or something making a comment and people ask me who is this lady I've not met her at church and I was like no she doesn't go here she just watches uh, some different sermons of ours and she's just Been a great support. And so we share a lot of the same folks uh, in our lives. And tonight we're going to be talking about putting Jesus first uh, in the church. And I appreciate the opportunity to even have this topic in particular because. Obviously, the church is something that I believe strongly in, uh, and having served at the same place for almost uh, three decades, we're hoping we make it to three decades, I came there as an intern in 1994, and I never left, Uh, and uh, one of these days they're going to figure it out, but uh, I've been interning there since, but I I believe in the work of the local church, and God has has blessed us beyond measure. Uh, and and been good to us. And so I love to to help strengthen the church. There's two primary truths tonight about the church that we're going to look at in placing Jesus first, front and center in the church. But as we get there, we need to think about first that that people believe a lot of things these days. I mean, they believe a lot of things about the church and a lot of things that aren't true, uh, myths and things about the church or misconceptions. And then That springs even from when we believe things sometimes in our lives uh, that also aren't true or myths or misconceptions. I saw these recently, silly things people actually believed as kids. See if you identify with any of these, okay? Uh, We went too far there. Uh, I believe people in the past lived in a black and white world because old pictures were only black and white, you know? So therefore, another, I believe that if I ate a watermelon seed, a watermelon would grow in my stomach, all right? Some of us, it looks like it had, they have been, I know. I believe that if I played with my belly button, I would pop open. I thought that's where we were sewn together. All right? Some things as kids. These get good. I believe that all teachers, some of you, any teachers out there, that you're getting ready to head back to school, I know of this. Okay, I believe that all teachers lived at school. Teachers believe that too, I think now. I thought they slept in the classrooms and never went to the bathroom ever. <laughs> Another, I believe that white cows made white milk and brown cows made chocolate milk. Okay, that's probably pretty common. I believe that if the ice cream truck was playing music, it meant that it was out of ice cream. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, that's where some of these beliefs are formed. I believe that the walls in our house creaked at night because the room was shrinking. That's what my dad told me when I asked him. So I worried every time I heard creaking after that. Uh, I believe that the only tongue was the one in my mouth. So when my mother was teaching me to tie my shoes, she told me to pull my tongue out, I started crying. Didn't see how the two were related, I'm sure. I believe that my Uncle Fred went to the planet Mars for work every day. I pictured a spaceship and everything. Then I found out there's a Mars Pennsylvania. I believe that Lifesavers candy kept you alive. My great-grandma gave me a tiny roll of them and told me if you lose your Lifesavers, you die. When she died that summer, I told everyone it was because she lost her lifesavers. So be careful, I guess, what we teach others and what we come to believe, especially impressionable at an early age. Um, if you look at some of these different today business models, and some of you probably have business experience, you know that the world is consumed with business and models that will be successful and work. And so all many of these different uh, uh, companies that you see, they're successful because of the business model that they have chosen. Um, with that, look at some of these quotes that I saw some things online talking about the church. says, if it looks like a business, if it acts like a business, if it profits like a business, it isn't a church. And another says, if a church isn't open to shelter people experiencing homelessness during a blizzard, then it isn't a church, it's a business. And so you can see some of the angst that, that people talk about, about what they feel the work of the church should be. A couple of quotes I'm going to have tonight from Mark Deaver as we think about this idea uh, of, the, of the church. A church is not a Fortune 500 company. It's not simply another nonprofit organization, nor is it a social club. In fact, a healthy church is unlike any organization that man has ever devised because man didn't devise it. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, just coming here, I was thinking about uh, what I've seen and what I've come to know about the Laverne Church without being here. I know that one of our members uh, who recently has become our grief care coordinator, I believe, attended a retreat, a uh, widowhood retreat. Um, I see Josh a lot of times on, I look and he's right up here in my phone because he's on Facebook Live somewhere. And it's some type of giveaway that the church here is doing. And so I think you understand this concept of what the church is quite well. uh, But it never hurts for us to remind ourselves and remind ourselves of the truth. Going back quickly to about kids, kids are really quite Quick to tell you the truth when it comes to you. And sometimes they're brutally honest. You see these letters? It says, I'm angry at you and I'm not talking to you today and tomorrow. P.S. all day. P.S.S. I still love you. You know, you get maybe letters like this sometimes. Dear Tooth Fairy, I lost my tooth on the 23rd of October. It's now November 12th. I lost my tooth in pizza. I lost both today. You owe me a dollar. Not to be hard, but I need money. That's from Anissa. Dear Miss McMahon, you're a good teacher but not my most favorite. Thank you, Mom, for making me food so I don't die. Uh, Frankie says, I earn money at home by, I don't. I'm a freeloader. Uh, Good morning. This is from Catherine. Good morning. I see my assassins have failed. I don't know what that one's about. This one, I've heard this before. Dear God, did you mean for the giraffe to look like that, or was it an accident? I thought that's pretty fair. Dear Brody, Miss P made me write you this note. All I want to say sorry for is not being sorry because I tried to feel sorry, but I don't. <laughs> Honesty, right? The truth. And this one, you may have received one of these in, in when you were in school. Dear Ashley, would you please be my girlfriend? I like you a lot. Yes, no, or maybe. And you can see she circled no. And he says, please put yes, no, or maybe. But she explains, I'm sorry, I already have a boyfriend, Kyle. But when we break up, you're my next choice. P.S. That will probably be a month or two. So Ashley's very upfront about those things. This guy, when I saw this video, sometimes we need to be corrected about things that we have wrong. Yeah. What I love in this is he stops and adjusts the choke as if that's the problem here in this video.
1: Thankfully, I didn't
0: see the rest of this video. But sometimes in our lives, we need to be corrected. We need to be reminded of what's true and what's the right way. And there's two truths we're going to look at tonight. The first is the church is a body, not a business. And sometimes if we're not careful, we're not talking about just the world here. Sometimes within the church, we can uh, begin to let some of these ideals and some of the culture around us seep into the church. And we find ourselves needing to be reminded the church is a body, not a business. Let's look at the scripture and appreciate the scripture that was read tonight. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them just As he wanted them to be and if they were all one part where would the body be as it is there are many parts but one body the eye can't say to the hand I don't need you and the head cannot say to the feet I don't need you on the contrary Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. It's a great reminder that the church is a body, not a business. Mark Deaver says when a person becomes a Christian, he doesn't just join a local church because it's a good habit for growing in spiritual maturity. He joins a local church because it's the expression of what Christ has made him, a member of the body of Christ. And so when we think about the church is a body, not a business, that doesn't mean that the church doesn't have business to do. And there is the business of the body. C.H. Spurgeon said it is the whole business of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. That is the business of the body and that's what we are to be about. Now, I shared this slide uh, weeks ago when I, I shared some of this text that it hit me while I was studying and preparing for this, thinking, hmm, what's the danger if I preach this? Meaning, what's the danger if I preach this text? And we're going to be looking in Romans uh, chapter 12 here in just a moment. And if I preach this, and folks really do take it seriously, I could be preaching myself out of a job. Really, it's this idea that when you look at how the body is put together and how God has designed them, and the more I thought about it, it's okay to preach it here because it would be Josh that's out of a job. So uh, I feel a lot better. I survived, and I think he will too. But really, uh, this, this idea that we are all equipped and called to ministry. Uh, look in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Paul says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. When we consider the church is a body, not a business, there's some responsibility that comes along with that. One is to evaluate your place in the body. Uh, When it uses that term about sober judgment, rather think of yourself with sober judgment, uh, Paul's talking about a call to humility because God uses humility to create opportunity. There's no limit to what God will do in the life of a church and individuals when no one really cares who it is that gets the credit, but instead giving the glory to God. And so humility, I love this definition, is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And we need that reminder. We need those examples within the church. You consider how Jesus viewed and valued humility. And with that, then, how he despised the proud and the actions of the proud. There's such a contrast in in the Gospels and the beauty of humility as it's seen against the ugliness of pride and what it will do. And not just in Scripture, but in our world today. A big part of my life for the last 40-plus years uh, has been Lylewood Christian Camp and um I've been directing there for a number of years, and and there's a a gentleman, uh, he's a minister at the Bumpus Mills Church uh, in Stewart County that comes, Mr. Field. And he comes, and doesn't never want to direct. He comes just to be a counselor and to be there. And he just basically just hangs out with us. This was at elementary week. And I just happened to watch him uh, this, this, this past week. Okay, that last one obviously is not at camp. Uh, but uh, but, but the, uh, watch him at camp and just watch what he did. Now, he did uh, preach a lesson, do a lesson one night, which was great. But I watched what he did. He was working on things, cleaning up, doing, repairing, fixing, just humbly going about his week, just serving without being asked to do these things, but just seeing a need and filling them. Now to tell you even further, he and his wife Betsy, uh, they with the Stewart County uh, Jail there, they run a life skills program there where where men, uh, they, they're able to, to learn different life skills so that when they do get out, they are able then to, to be able to, to transition better back into society. I may have hit something there. I'm sorry if I did. Uh, but back into society and, and, and even with that then they've uh, been able to baptize a lot of those individuals as well. They've been able to even baptize some of the work who help with that ministry as well. It's just amazing. But it's all done in great humility. He would be very upset if he knew I was sharing that. But it's just a great example. And you've got examples like that here in the Laverne Church family as well. And so you give honor to those, but also realize that we have so much to gain from the examples of humility. He continues in four and five, just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So, in Christ, there it is again, in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We also not just evaluate, we also have the call to cooperate with believers within the body. Paul gives this anatomy a lesson when he talks about the body of Christ and what we read in 1 Corinthians 12. I think it's so fitting that God chose that illustration, that analogy of the body, because. Our bodies themselves are very complex, and, and whether it's the body of Christ or our physical bodies, they need to be working together in order to sustain life. Uh, I don't know about you, but as I get a little bit older, I get some frustration in my life when a certain part of the body's not working the way that it should. You ever been sore from something and you don't know where that came from? Yeah, I mean, we, as we get older, we understand that it can be a very frustrating process in our life. But God uses this complexity to create community. God loves the idea of community and within the body of Christ. And even though the body itself is one that's complex, we're reminded that every believer is a minister, uh, that all, all of us as members have different functions and roles, but every member is important. Every ministry is important, and we belong to each other. And so it can be frustrating sometimes when, when some parts of the body aren't cooperating the way that they should. Another example from camp, uh, one of my favorite things to do is on the last day of camp, and some of you may have done this, uh, are trust falls with the kids. We don't do it on Monday because the trust isn't quite there on the first day. But by Friday, we've spent time together and the kids, and, and they trust, and I think I've, yeah, I've got the video here of one of the bigger kids then one of the counselors doing this, uh, but where they just fall right back, and, and, and they're caught. And it's such an incredible feeling as the kids talk about that and about how it's hard to, to let go and to do that. That's what we're called to do in the body of Christ is to trust one another, lean on one another as you do, uh, support one another. Uh, and as we trust one another together, we trust God. Let's go, verses 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If serving, then serve. If teaching, then teach. If it is encouraged, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Last part about this, about the church as a body, is to activate your gifts in the body. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, each one uh, should use whatever gift. We don't place uh, too much importance on exactly what gift, but instead, whatever gift you've been given that you've received. Uh, Peter says, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And so, there are different gifts within the body of Christ. Paul would talk about this also in Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the, here it is again, body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We had an activity, activity, uh, a responsibility recently where... I cleaned out my office. We had the need for additional space. We have a counseling center now at our church that's just, we can't meet the demands of space for the for the counselors, and we're being blessed by that. So I said, I will give up my office, and that's nothing noble. It had become a storage room, basically, of the last 30 years of stuff. And so we went through the process of trying to clean that out, and the books, oh my goodness, going through the books and all that. Well, a friend of mine and I were going through the books, and we ran across, and one of the books a Cracker Barrel gift card for $10 and I was so excited because I've been using it evidently as a bookmark and so uh, we took it out and I went to call to see if it was still valid and I read the thing on the back that said that every year it started to depreciate and I figured this was from 2007 and sure enough I couldn't I could dial the number but it didn't even have the right numbers to be able to check it so then I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't have use of that gift card Really, it it served well as as a bookmark, but that wasn't its purpose, was it? Because I'd never activated it. And so therefore it lost some of its value because I never activated and put it into action. Within the body of Christ, there's so much value. As I look out here uh, among the body of Christ, it's so important that we activate our gifts, that we're involved in service, being the hands and feet of Christ. Do all the good you can. By all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Isn't that a wonderful way to uh, to view that in activating our gifts within the body? And we understand that, yes, our gifts make us diverse in the body of Christ. But God uses that diversity to create unity. Now, God loves diversity more than we do. He has to because he created it. But it gives um, us grief sometimes in the body of Christ when we realize how diverse we can be. But it gives God great joy to see us serving, not in spite of diversity, but because of it. And so God can use that diversity to create unity. of the body. Placing Jesus first in the church, he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything we uh, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and th- and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Now, just in case some of you are asleep, let's let's do a little quiz. All right, it's a good part for one. Do you remember this show? it to beaver how about this one my three sons that's right so these are people that lived in black and white this is back when it was black and white Like uh, how about this one Donna Reed is that right Donna Reed show I didn't know that one uh, Ozzie and Harriet does that sound right with that one uh, Beverly Hill business this is what our family when we had the five kids at home that's what we looked like anywhere that we went around uh, the greatest show ever made in the history of mankind uh, in my opinion uh, there's uh, the with the Andrew Griffith show but how about this one remember this one Father knows best. Yeah, you did good with that. Father knows best. When we think about the diversity in the church, when we think about working together as the body of Christ, evaluating our place, cooperating with each other, activating our gifts in the body of Christ, when we do that, when we do that, we see not only within the body, but we see also the world is able to see that we are proclaiming Father knows best. That God knew exactly what he was doing when he devised, when he designed the church in the way that he did. And we are giving glory to him as his body. Um, This quote kind of supports that. I can do the things you cannot. You can do the things I cannot. Together we can do great things. Now, I said there was those two truths, the church is a body, not a business. Briefly, I want us to consider in just a moment uh, that, how the church is a people and not a place. But I want to share this video with you uh, next. Uh, our church loved it this morning. I didn't have any plans that I was going to share that until their response and the reactions I got today. And so I thought I would, would share it with you at this time. Uh, oh, it's after this quote, sorry. The church is not a place. It's not a building. It's not a preaching point. It's not a spiritual service provider. It's a people. The new covenant blood bought people of God. That's why Paul said Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He didn't give himself up for a place, but for a people. The church is a play, uh, people, not a place. Watch this. Finally
2: tonight, CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road for an update on a story about perseverance and resilience. A lot of dogs think they're human, but Dexter takes it to a whole nother level. To the point where I can now safely say, I have seen everything. As we first reported about a year ago, Dexter lives in Ray, Colorado, where this bicolor, bipedal Britney Spaniel turns heads wherever he goes. Oh, no, my God. Dexter's owner, Kenty Pasek, says this isn't a trick she taught, it's an adaptation he made after a near death experience. Hey, come on. When Dexter was a puppy, He escaped his yard, darted into traffic, and got hit by a car. He lost one front leg and the other was badly damaged. So everyone assumed, to get around, he would need some kind of adaptive equipment. And he did use a wheelchair for a while, until one day when Kenty set the pooch at the foot of her porch without the wheelchair. And I ran in to go get my cup of coffee, came out, and he was right here where he is right now. And I was like, how is this going on? How did you figure it out? I put him back down there, and I grabbed my phone to see what was going on. (laughs) Here is the video she recorded. And I was like, oh, we're into something totally different. You never know where life's gonna take you. You never know. Since we first told this story, Dexter, who was already a minor celebrity in Ure, has become a major celebrity across the nation, taking to the skies for appearances in TV shows and pet expos. He has pranced in the shadow of New York skyscrapers and Washington's cherry trees. And along the way, this dog has gathered more fans and followers than a lot of our most popular humans. Follow him on Instagram. Oh, good! The whole thing takes absurdity to new heights. But to many, Dexter is no joke. In this pile of mail he receives monthly are hundreds of letters of heartfelt gratitude. I'm recovering from intensive radiation treatments for breast cancer, and you certainly bring joy to my day. Where humans see obstacles. I mean, just... Often dogs beg to differ. Dexter shows us, why aren't you out there doing the things you want to do? Because he has. Off he goes. And in doing so has proven that sometimes getting knocked down is the only way to see how tall you stand. <laughs>
0: You know, there's something different, right, about Dexter, and the world can see it. The church is a body, not a business. The church is a people, not a place. There should be something different about us, and the world should see it. And that's the challenge that we have in putting Christ first in the church and in the center of our church, is so that the world might see it, so that the world might see the difference that Jesus makes. The church is a people, not a place in its worship, in its words, its work, its walk. And also, we don't use the word a lot, witness, but that's exactly what we seek, is for the world to see the witness of the church, um, the way in which it's a body, the way in which it is a people. Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24, whatever you do, worship words, work, walk, witness, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. There was a uh, TV show called Joan of Arcadia, probably back in the early 2000s. And the premise of that show is that with each episode, she would encounter someone. It was God in the form of a different individual, just an everyday person that she would encounter. And she would uh, interact with that person and find out what it was that, that God wanted her to do. When I think about the body of Christ in the world today, there's a world out there that needs interaction with you and with the many faces of Christ in the world today. You represent Christ in the world today. You are the people of God. You represent the Laverne Church family at your work, at your school, in the different places in which life takes you. Uh, that's, That's how we consider the church at work in the world today. This final prayer, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, and Christ in every ear that hears me. You look at all those dimensions of Christ in our lives, in the church, and you might say, well, that really doesn't leave room for anything else. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. How do we put Jesus first? How do we put Jesus in the center of the church? By putting him first and center in our lives and all that we do. Tonight as we uh, reach this time of invitation, it's an encouragement if you would like to put Christ first in your life, whether it is baptism, maybe it is encouragement that you need uh, tonight and that the church, the body of Christ can encourage you in a way. uh, We want to be able to do that and offer that to you. We're going to sing this song of invitation and we encourage you to come as we sing. Thank you for listening to this message from God's Word. If you have any questions, please email them to us at office at lavernecoc.org. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.